0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And maybe Alan's here. He might be here. We're not sure yet.
1: And I'm Alan, coming to you, lovely and overcast, greater Seattle metropolitan area.
0: <laughs> I feel like you got distracted by something fun. Um, <laughs> well...
1: It's the, the mute-unmute function. Sometimes is you think you're muted, and then you think you're unmuted, and sometimes you screw that up. You're
0: just furiously pushing buttons and saying things, and nothing's happening, and you're like, I'm not the crazy one. Um, no, but this is Wrong Think Radio, so to our live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today, breaking through propaganda, breaking through... All of the brainwashing, tripping landmines, mental landmines that have been planted there your entire life that you didn't even know were there until you step on them, they go boom, and then we explain to you why it was a bad thing that that was in your head. Um, That seems to be a lot of what's going on, and it's been a... I would say it's been an active uh, week, but it hasn't. It's been a very specific subject week, uh, which is infuriating and annoying, Uh, so... Uh, that's the awful part, but for those of you who are catching us live right now, we're live up at rumble.com. Uh, we've already got some people in the chat. Uh, just wanted to check in with them, make sure everything's coming through loud and clear and everything's going awesome and we can kick it off. Of course, we'll always take any questions in chat, so feel free to throw them in there and we will, uh, jump on those and respond back and forth as well as anyone who is part of, uh, our subscription which you can go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong radio for two ninety nine a month, you can become a subscriber and that will get you access to our discord, which is a hell of a lot of fun. A lot of really great people sharing content, talking BSing. It's a, uh, it's a really good time. I actually, I'm a huge fan of our discord server. So, and you should be too. If you're not, you're wrong. It's simple as that. <clears throat> so, um, obviously a lot of the political spectrum is still very obsessed with what's going on in Gaza and Israel. Mm -hmm. And it is, I want to act like I'm, I am annoyed. I get really annoyed by stupid arguments and, and things like that, but I'm actually going, you know, thinking about it, talking with Alan on the show prep call last night. I'm going to tell you, it's actually funny because at the end of the day, none of the dumb infighting actually hurts me because I still have the exact same stance and opinion that I've had the entire time. That easily being that I don't see any reason why we need to get involved in some other country's war. Simple as that. America's not doing great. We mm-hmm. have record inflation. We have, you know, like the economy is in the shitter and I specifically don't want to be involved in World War III. But at the same time... I agree. The progressives and the, I would say, spineless, somewhat right-wing, the right-wing people that are actually progressives is what I'm going to say because they love identity politics. They love the Victim Olympics. They're all fighting amongst each other because nothing has changed amongst me and mine, I guess would be the best way to say it. Everyone still has the same opinion, let's say, on Israel and Gaza as they do on Ukraine it's just this isn't our this isn't our fight we don't have anything to do with this we shouldn't be wasting you know us blood and treasure here and what's amazing is how there are i've brought this up before how there was a large agreement among most people on the right and like in the conservative you know side and on the republican side that all agreed with that until it happened to israel Mm -hmm. same situation but now suddenly we have a group of people that are screeching at the sky because how dare you say such awful things about israel it's like guys it's the same opinion we had about ukraine i don't understand now right this is causing a huge problem because specifically the left wing the progressive wing very much I, I, let me let me put it this way um to break through a lot of the propaganda that's being shared gaza is full of oppressed brown people so it's pretty simple there's no shock to me whatsoever that the activist class on the left supports gaza that's not surprising at all oppressed brown mm-hmm. people it's simple israel's is a first world country with a massive military billions and billions of dollars in spending they have their own space program So it's not like anyone's actually debating whether or not Israel has the capability of completely steamrolling Gaza. That's not up for debate. And it comes to that confusing thing of what is standing with Israel equate to because they don't need our money. They get a bunch of it already. They don't need military equipment. They have a ton of their own. And they certainly like they don't need our military support because they're they're good. You know, Hamas, (laughs) some a ragtag group of Hamas terrorists isn't really going to be a huge issue for them more so than it was two months ago. You know, like it's the same situation that they were in. Yes, they pulled off a, a, an unprecedented attack that for some reason was able to get around uh, Israeli intelligence, which there's still a massive amount of questions on how the hell that happened. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get the reality of, of what was going on there. Aside from some simple comments that I would make, uh, the Mossad was trying to oust the Netanyahu government because I don't know, I guess he wasn't globalist enough or something. Uh, but there was basically pressure towards what people were thinking that Israel might break into almost like a civil war because of judicial reforms and all this other nonsense. So I imagine that the intelligence apparatus was too busy uh, attempting to propagandize their own people and potentially go again, either go against their government or work in tandem with their government. Point is, is that the supposedly foreign facing intelligence apparatus, which is the Israeli Mossad was probably too busy facing inward and being weaponized against their own people And that's why they didn't pay attention to, I don't know, the giant terrorist block that was getting ready to stage a massive attack on their country. So it's a huge fail point. And of course it is. You're not allowed to talk about that. I think that that's probably an anti-Semitism because you're not allowed to say anything negative about Israel. And that, if you you all really want to get down to the meat and potatoes of it, that's what pisses me off about this entire situation.
1: Uh, Yeah
0: is I'm not allowed to criticize. If you tell me I'm not allowed to criticize a country, then I'm going to immediately not like that. <laughs> like, it's, if, if you're going to tell me it's hate speech to ask normal questions that I would ask of any other group or country, I'm like that. And I think that that's a normal right-wing reaction is everybody goes, ah, uh, no, now now I'm really going to wonder because you're telling me I can't. Yeah. Now to that point, President Biden gave a 15 minute uh, state of like a, an address, an Oval Office address. Most people haven't really heard about it. In fact, it was funny because Alan brought it up last night and was like, Yeah, Biden gave a speech. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember reading about that. And he's like, I don't know anything about it. And I was like, Oh, neither do I. So this morning, I kind of looked into it. And the reason why he didn't hear anything about it is it, it's Alan, did you do any research on it? I, you no, were looking into yourself. a lot of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I watched a God I watched damn. a bit of the speech okay. and what that
0: I was going to play a game of if you hadn't I was going to say tell me what you think it was about and then I was going to probably I go you're right, you're right you're right but anyway go I, on I
1: watched about half of it and then just decided wow this is exactly the same platitudes and it's nothing and yep there's only a few things about it that were notable as you can maybe guess it was the speech was blah blah the U S unconditionally supports Israel blah 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 uh, democracy freedom, Hamas are terrorists. You know, the, the forces of righteousness will prevail against the forces of darkness, blah, blah, blah. Ameri- the Hamas is basically Hitler trying to reenact the Holocaust on the Jews and the United States is gonna st- is a champion of freedom and peace in the world. Uh, but what I'm, one thing that was interesting about the speech was a almost larger amount of time or a larger amount of, of energy in the speech was not to about Israel, what was about Putin and Ukraine, mm-hmm. which I found somewhat notable that this speech was given around the events in Israel, but the president seemed that the intent of the speech was much more focused on: we're not going to abandon Ukraine, and Putin's the biggest evil badman. He and Hamas are basically Hitler, and America is uh, has a, is going to stop him from taking over Europe, and. And this is actual content of the speech that like Putin is going to take over Europe. He's threatening Poland. You know we have to stand up for democracy. And he and Hamas they want to eradicate the Jews. Like, this is all sounds relatively hyperbolic, especially because it's. I'm also told that Russia is nothing but a gas station with nuclear weapons. They have a GDP <laughs> less than Texas. So make up your minds either Russia is a backwards country in the throes of an economic downward spiral because that can barely compete with the West on any terms but also is potentially capable of conquering Europe and is a major threat to US national security these things are incongruous and don't make sense if Russia is truly a realistic threat then why are we treating them like there's someone we could steamroll in an afternoon. If there's someone we could steamroll in an afternoon that are not actually a military threat to the United States that we can then antagonize endlessly with no repercussions, why are we considering them some sort of giant threat? These things are very incongruous to me. At least during the Cold War, when the United States talked about the dangers of the Soviet Union, it was tempered with, yeah, but if we push them too hard, they will start World War III and we might not win that. It seems as though the actions of the United States towards the, towards Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union have been a lot more like we're going to say they're a big threat, but then act as if they are incapable of hurting us in kind, which means that they're actually weak, and this is all just sort of a distraction. Now, I think Russia is a threat, is a threat, and is a greater threat than the Biden regime wants to admit, which is why I advocate for, let's try and find a way to make a deal with the Russians rather than push them to find any way they can hurt us that they possibly can. But that wasn't really the context of the speech. The speech was all about how Israel and Ukraine are vital to U.S. national security, and we're not going to draw from Ukraine, and Russia wants to destroy democracy, and the United States is committed to... Interestingly, the big portion of speech was also how you know you know, not all Muslims and not all Palestinians and we're committed to a two state solution, and you know, there's and then you know, Hamas is allied with Iran, which is allied with Russia, and that's you know, we gotta oppose them. And an interesting point that I thought was that that Biden made in the speech that again I noted was He discussed, you know, if we all just work together, we're trying to build this great economic block in the Middle East with this rail network that I proposed. And, you know, we could all just make more money. And essentially trying to make this case that economics are what is going to save us. Like if we all just got along, think about how much more efficient and efficient things would be. And we could all make more money. And this sort of bafflement that why is anybody trying to stand in the way of that? which I think a lot of people in Washington, D.C., a lot of the sort of neocon, neoliberal, whoever it is, that ruling elite, their entire focus is and has been for a while on the only thing that motivates them is money Mm -hmm. and economics and the way that they see the entire world is through that lens. To them, the ideas of nationalism, of, of anything beyond basically making money to them, they can't connect with. Like in, in his speech he basically talked about it's like, why can't basically was saying, why can't the Palestinians why, if you know if they just got rid of Hamas then we could all be a prosperous and it's like but that and to me I look at it and go, that discounts a huge amount of what motivates people to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like Putin isn't Putin has additional motivations beyond simply money. The Palestinians have motivations beyond simply You know more jobs the saudis have motivations and iran for that matter have motivations beyond simply increasing their gdp and because people in washington can't see anything beyond they have intentionally disregarded every motivation that is not mud gdp as evil or wrong or vile they're left in this situation where they can't understand how any of these players in the world actually work because their motivations are immediately disregarded. Well, so it's like, <clears throat> yeah, go ahead.
0: No, that's, that. It, it's a really interesting point because um, we'll get a little bit more into this um, as we go through the show, but basically what we're all seeing, and I, I think a lot of people, uh, including Democrats as well, just like regular Democrat voting Americans, are seeing this just vapid, tone-deaf message coming out of Washington. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone, you hear stuff like that, and everyone goes, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. Like, who gives a shit about this? You know, like, people are literally, they're they're using words like genocide. Genocide. And then you have Biden over yeah. here talking about a rail project and GDP and, like, and, and inferring all of these things about economic shit. And everyone's like, guys, like seriously, right now, the question is whether or not like, because let me let me back it up just a little bit. The question isn't whether or not Israel can defeat Hamas. That's not in question. No one is no one is asking that question. The actual mm-hmm. debate, if you want to really distill it down, the debate that's happening right now to people that are, say, pro-Palestine and then people that are, say, pro-Israel, the actual debate that is happening right now is whether or not it is justified for Israel to just murder everyone in Gaza. That seems to right. be the actual predicate of it. I like Take all the emotion out. Take all the bullshit out. Take all the... F- and whatever nonsense that everybody wants to cling to, it is legitimately how hard is Israel allowed to go against Gaza? That's the debate.
1: Because right. everyone's saying, well, support Israel, support Israel, support Israel. And the question that I have is, well, support Israel doing what? What? What is Israel going to do that, might, that they need support for?
0: Right. Like yeah,
1: and why and why would that be necessary? If they're simply going to respond with, "Well, we're going to send in special forces, we'll rescue the the hostages Hamas took, and we'll, you know, do precision strikes against you know known Hamas targets," I don't feel like they need to sell that very hard. Right, it'd be hard to argue against doing that.
0: Yeah, well, and if anybody did argue against it, who cares?
1: And and at the end of the day, the question becomes, if I look at people that are pro-Israel, I would wonder if Israel actually enacted a genocide to ethnically cleanse the Gaza Strip off the map, would any of these people actually have a problem with it? And I think most of the people that support Israel would absolutely be like, no, that's fine, though.
0: I mean... In in, like, let's just be, let's just, (laughs) Alan, let's be the adults in the room that we were promised we were supposed to get in 2020 when Biden got elected, Mm -hmm. but let's be the adults in the room. Can you blame them? Like on either side, can you really blame, can you blame Israelis not wanting to have to worry about whether or not a bus is going to explode because a terrorist is on there with a suicide vest. And if you're a Palestinian, um, you know, can you really blame them for looking, uh, you know, like literally looking over a wall at a first world country while you're living in abject poverty and not thinking this is probably their fault? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, that's how wars work, everyone. Like wars are. are well, sorry, go on. Right.
1: I, I guess I'm told that Israel is super duper moral and mm-hmm. great. And they're yes. only the complete internal victims in all of this. And so it means that their, for that to be true, their response against Hamas has to be proportional. Well, and that, I believe, that a lot of people that are pro-Israel will claim would use the justification of, "Well, this terrorist group performed this terrorist attack, so now we're justified in killing ten times as many Palestinian civilians in indiscriminate carpet bombing." And what? I would stop and go, "Wait a minute." you can't do that that the justification for wiping out gaza would simply be israel saying we are permanently ending a threat to our existence we are per and, and we don't care about the morality of it that i would at least understand that be, it's an understandable point of we're solving this situation once and for all at the end but it's because all of the people that are pro israel want to claim some sort of moral high ground but then advocate for things that absolutely should deny them any sort of moral high ground, and they do that without any contradiction, that is what I find bothersome. Well, and that's the- how, many, how many Palestinians, how many Palestinian civilians should Israel kill in order it, until they become immoral or unjustified? And I think the answer from people that are pro-Israel, even as, asking that question would be considered anti-Semitic and mm-hmm. unsupportive of Israel. Yes. The, if the answer is anything other than all of them, <laughs> then that is considered being pro-Palestine.
0: Well, and that's that's the that's the real that's the real heart of the matter here, and and what is a lot of people like an incredible amount of people that you wouldn't really expect are starting to see through, you know, see see through that veneer. And this is the thing: is like I'm not I'm not upset about it. I'm not going to sit here and we've talked about this before on the show. Um, So if you're new to the program, Mm -hmm. we've talked about how the way that we fight war now is absolutely stupid. This idea that there's such a thing as a moral war and the idea that the United Nations and everybody like they have to have everything be like an Avengers esque Netflix, you know, uh, level. It's we're fighting this uh, tyrannical evil and we're the good guys. And like, you know, the reason why we're going to battle is because we're fighting evil. It's all just gay nonsense. And it's not... Mm -hmm. It's just at the end of the day, like, just be an adult. War is war. It's never good. It's never nice. And it's not supposed to be. You're killing people for the sake of, you know, meeting some sort of objective. And that's been human history and human nature uh, in memoriam. And you just need to get over it. And the foundation of, like... This one world, we're all going to come together, we're all one race, the human race, yada, yada, yada nonsense just becomes stupid because you have to play this good guy, bad guy stuff. And it's always a lie. It's always a lie. And and, and at the end of the day, this is what bothers me is Israel doesn't need our help militarily. What Israel does need is the cover, like basically the public relations cover of not being viewed negatively for any of the actions that they take. And I'm going to be fair here. When you are doing counterinsurgency operations, there are going to be civilian casualties. It is also a regular tactic of uh, any terrorist group to basically put themselves in population centers specifically so those civilian casualties are increased. We saw it with the Taliban. You saw it with ISIS, with Al Qaeda. You're going to see it with Hamas. This is a normal tactic. Therefore, that's the whole plan. And that's been the plan the entire time, by the way. Hamas, is always, Hamas always knew that their weapon that they had against Israel after this attack was the fact that Israel was going to have to go to the world stage and attempt to moralize. And that there was this giant contingent of, weirdly enough, the same people That are now trying to defend Israel and think that we should, you know, 100% back them and everything that they say is X, Y, and Z. Those same people, by and large, because I have to remind you that like 70% of the Jewish population in the United States votes progressive. And therefore, they were the ones that were super behind all of the brown oppressed people. You know, every, like America's terrible. The West is awful. They oppress brown people. Colonialism is bad. Like this is what a lot of American Jews supported. Politically, financially, all of this. These are all messages. I mean, there are 100%. The ADL. You know, the Anti-Defamation League is, you know, supposedly that is the largest Jewish lobbying group in the United States backed all of these causes, every single one of them. Black Lives Matter, the trans movement, they back every single one of these causes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Hamas thought this deep about it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, they're going to have a problem. Hamas always knew that there was going to be ostensibly a civil war among the power players in the United States because there's going to be a ton- obviously there's a ton of people right now uh, politically, mm-hmm. that like 100% give Israel everything that they want. It's you know Zion. It's the promised land. It's what the hell ever. Let them steamroll Gaza, turn it into a parking lot. I don't care. 100%. There's people that want that, but there's also mm-hmm. this group on the left that goes, well, no. But what about Palestine though? Because in every other situation ever, the entire left mm-hmm. would coalesce behind Palestine. And it's not like Hamas didn't know that that was going to happen. That's what they were trying to expose. They knew that Israel was going to get stalled because Israel is part of this coalition in the like United Nations and all of this other nonsense of being supposedly anti-colonialist, being anti-capitalist, being anti like all of this shit. It's not like Hamas didn't know that now Israel is going to be on the back foot. That was the only real weapon that... Uh, groups like Hamas had is the United States was going to have a real tough time backing Israel unabashedly because the majority of the power players in U S politics are going to have a conundrum of, but Palestine is the poor oppressed Brown people.
1: Right, right. And there's more and to it as well. What it but. is interesting to see how, the left wing in the United States is fracturing under, there is the global American empire supporters, mm-hmm. which is people like companies like Vanguard, BlackRock, the World Economic Forum, the Democrat Party, the the sort of money behind the throne, I guess you would say even like deep state, NATO, like the basically the money and military power of the modern West is, of course, incredibly left supportive of left wing causes. So they're basically all on the left but they support Israel. So the real money and power of western governments support Israel. But then the activist class and non- all these non-government organizations who have been indoctrinated by the you know by the whole left wing system to support any brown person cause that they see all support Palestine. Mhm. And that is causing this very interesting conflict, where you have these activist groups actively opposing the same people that basically put them in power, the same people that give them money, the same people that give them uh, essentially keep them from being attacked by or keep, uh, keep give them what is it, judicial top cover like the 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 people in power in the West, namely the powerful nato the people with money and power all these governments and and the the money and power of the west basically built this activist class Mm -hmm. as a cudgel against essentially the it's its own indigenous populations to keep them from becoming too populist and now that essentially golem that they created is attacking the people that created it
0: right and i think ultimately uh, because what what we're seeing now, obviously, is like the the same like same progressive people. Because there's there's a lot of it. If you go on a social media right now, you'll you'll see a lot of uh, well, it'll actually it'll be hard to see, but if you look for it, you will see a lot of people basically being fed their own words. Where it's like I don't understand. Um, in fact, there's a, we don't have all the information on this, but there was a there was a woman murdered in Detroit, and we don't have all yeah. of the information on the murder. Um, but, sorry, what was her name? Something wool.
1: Uh, Was this the president of a synagogue that was murdered outside her home?
0: Yeah, there was a synagogue president who was stabbed to death outside her home. Now, we don't know if this has anything to do with the fact that she was Jewish yet. It's entirely possible it could have just been somebody, you know, robbing her because it's Detroit. But at the same time, it might be... But this same woman, like, demanded the importation of Syrian refugees and every other situation like that. It was oh, she. She
1: mm-hmm. was absolutely part of that. Th- this this woman and her synagogue were absolutely part of a let's welcome a bunch of Syrian refugee. Organ, um, I guess uh, not so much demonstrations, but let's welcome a bunch of Syrian refugee fundraising and organization in. I believe was it Chicago.
0: Detroit?
1: Detroit, pardon <laughs> me. I get the two confused. Um, <laughs> essentially, well, so, this woman and her organization are absolutely responsible for helping bring in Syrian Muslims into the United States. Right. And if she was just murdered by a Muslim because the Muslims in the United States almost overwhelmingly support the Palestinians against Israel, mm-hmm. then that would be very ironic
0: yeah well and even even if it's like even if it's not like yeah one is is
1: reminded of the mm -hmm. fable of the frog and the scorpion where (laughs) the frog gives a scorpion a ride across a stream and the scorpion kills the frog and they both drown and the frog at the end goes oh but i thought you weren't going to sting me now we shall both surely drown and replied the scorpion ah but it is in my nature Right. I mean, it's the same thing. These people are were intent on bringing in refugees from all across the Middle East to all over the Western world, not just the United States. There's been a flood of Muslim refugees into every country in Europe, all and into the United States, and into Canada. All, but not in Israel. From these, uh, not not in Israel so much. You're right. Uh, <laughs> all stemming through these left wing organizations, of which. Jewish groups like these synagogues are essentially an outside a uh, disproportionate amount there's it's like there's not that many that were opposing resettlement of muslim refugees into their countries Mm -hmm. and now those same refugees that were brought in by all these left-wing groups are essentially breaking from the script and and is being against the mainstream left narrative well
0: now and remember
1: i find hilarious
0: now remember in this in this same situation here um politics don't happen in a vacuum so if this woman is the president of a synagogue that's supporting like bringing in a bunch of refugees and it probably wasn't just syrian refugees it was probably afghan refugees a couple of years ago (laughs) then it was ukrainian refugees recently so it's going to be all of these things but i promise you that that's not the only thing because what what happens is um, obviously, this is a group that's going to be part of the whole, quote, human rights, like progressivism that they always claim, which means, like, it, it, if this was just a random criminal on the street, do you think that this woman and her, her group and her, because she's running a synagogue and, she, you know, seemingly um, has weaponized it into activism, uh, do you think that they also supported, uh, you know, reduction of, like, no cash bail? entirely possible uh the election of a district attorney who is going to be soft on crime almost certainly and so
1: right so it's it's like the only way this isn't a um a very ironic story of this poor woman getting stabbed to death is if it was almost one of the almost non-existent neo-nazi terrorists that just happened to decide that a lives in chicago or detroit yeah. God damn it! Yeah.
0: Detroit is a city; videos. it exists.
1: Yeah, well, like they're pretty much exactly the same in my head. <laughs> left-wing city that's becoming a that I would never want to live in.
0: I'm from Michigan; um, it's offensive when you compare the two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, anyway, <laughs> look, there's no way this was any sort of right-wing Nazi that hated the Jews. <clears throat> it was for sure either a criminal that. Was probably let out of prison, or it is a criminal that is a product of the increasing crime that left wing causes create, or it was a, or it was a Muslim extremist that was imported in the United States by the same left wing people.
0: Well, and and some of this stuff is actually putting, uh, it's Samantha Wool, by the way, W O L L. Okay. But it, it's putting the Biden administration into a weird situation too, because. Uh, there are, there, has already been a situation where, uh, a Jewish man, and I think this one might've been in Chicago. I don't fully remember, but a, a Jewish man went into like stabbed a child and mother, like a, a Muslim family mm-hmm. and it is being charged as a hate crime. And so it is putting it's putting the Biden administration into a really weird situation. This is sorry, here's the uh, actual story here. Um a six-year-old Muslim boy, Waida al-Fayum, died Saturday after being stabbed in an alleged hate crime about 40 miles from Chicago. His mother was also stabbed and seriously injured. Um, this was a Jewish man who stabbed them because they were Muslim. So this puts Great the Biden administration in a really weird situation. Now, first of all, like, let's just be honest. How many people were pissed that that story got reported? And how many mm-hmm. people, how many people do you think claimed that the news organizations reporting it were anti-Semitic, that the news organizations reporting it were being pro because it's, it, it, it's an amazing juxtaposition here because if there was like, if there was even somebody who could be, Kind of tied to like neo Nazis in the vicinity of a crime. It's immediately part of this amazing, like, this massive, like, hate movement of white supremacy. But then something like this happens and it's going to be, it was a one-off. Oh, that guy was crazy. This dude didn't do, you know, he didn't do nothing. You know, like, you know, it's, it's, this isn't indicative of the Jewish community. How dare you report it as if it, as if it were, how dare you report that pro Israel sentiment led to this at all from the same people who will claim that white supremacy is the reason that every bad thing happened. The same people that pushed Jussie Smollett on us. All of and the reason why I'm saying the same people, I'm not I don't mean the Jews, I mean the progressives, 70% of which are supported by Jews in the United States. That seventy percent number is how many Jews in the US vote Democrat. Yeah. And the reason why I say they must be progressive, because people people might ask that question. Not every person who votes Democrat is a progressive. But the reason why I say that is you when you have representatives like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and things like that in the Democrat Party and yeah. the who, people who are openly supportive of Islam, uh, Palestine, like have, have absolutely voiced their issues with the existence of Israel, then it must mean that the Jews are supporting these this this Jewish community that votes 70% Democrat must be supporting them far more vigorously to dismiss mm-hmm. all of that. Which suggests yeah. that they're progressives. Mm-hmm. And they are because we see their involvement. We know that there's we know that a lot of you know AIPAC, the American Israeli Political Action Committee, and groups like that and the ADL, because remember, the ADL came up just several weeks ago because there was a very big issue where a lot of um, right-wing and conservative Jews were pointing out how the ADL is kind of garbage, or it went back and forth because Elon Musk brought up how the ADL was pressuring Twitter and using using the government as a weapon. So the ADL was going to Twitter and saying, you need to shut these people down. If you don't shut them down, then we're going to go to the government and we're going to tell the government that these people are part of a hate group. And the government takes our recommendations as to who is a hate group. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be able to get the FBI to say that you're supporting a hate group or a terrorist group. You know, Because remember, the biggest threat in the United States is white supremacy.
1: Right. And so...
0: When Elon Musk revealed that, we, well, we saw a little bit of squishiness from certain people. Uh, I thought it was really amazing to see some right-wing commentators who were like, well, I agree with the ADL's overall mission. I think they've gotten away from it. And I was like, when the hell were they ever actually part of their, quote, mission of protecting against anti-Semitism? Because they've increasingly been just an anti-conservative Christian white organization. Right. I've, I've never once seen them be anything but that point is, is that groups like the ADL, which is supposedly as I've, as I gleaned from the few weeks ago when this was all happening is the preeminent Jewish organization in the United States. So by that Mm -hmm. measure, I can use what they support and what they say As being a metric of what the preeminent Jewish organization in the United States is. And they support progressivism. They support trans stuff. They support um, Black Lives Matter. They support all of these. uh, They they say all lives matter is hate speech. They say white lives matter is hate speech. They say that uh, the MAGA hat is hate speech. So I'm going to apply that to all of it. That's why I'm saying the progressive movement. But I lost track of my point on that because I went down the whole ADL rabbit hole. Um Yeah. But the point uh, the point of it is is that I'm going to say like progressives suddenly it's it's like they woke up one day and they were like, "Oh my god, why are all these people so hateful towards us? How come they're supporting Palestine?" And I'm just shocked by it because I don't I don't um I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, Like, I I think it's, I think everyone's an idiot for being like, I can't believe that all of these leftist groups are supporting Palestine. It's like, are you stupid? How, like, it's the most normal thing for them to do. I don't get it. But there's all of these people in media that are shocked. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And then we also had an insurrection happen bunch oh, of no. pro-Palestinian protesters stormed into the Capitol, stormed into the Capitol and shut down proceedings, but they're not going to face any charges. And I think, well, okay, I'm going to ask you a, an honest question and I'm going to try to not have any... Um, well, I guess it doesn't matter. There's no way for me to ask this question in this day and age because if we're, not, if we're not cheerleading for Israel right now and cheerleading for Israel to completely wipe out Palestine, then we're going to be accused of anti-Semitism anyway because we live in clown world. So I'm just going to flat out ask it. Do you think any of the situations that are occurring right now is going to change any vote of a progressive Jewish American? Do you think that's 70% or it might even be like 67% at this point, but do you think that there's going to be a massive shift where Jewish Americans are going to suddenly start voting GOP? Do you think that's going to occur?
1: If it does occur, I think it would only occur on a uh, more grassroots level. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like there's got to be maybe a bunch of Jewish Americans that were kind of centrist already, and they (coughs) might be going kinda of don't really want these people in charge anymore. Mm-hmm. But it would be at that lower level. I think the any of anyone who's an activist class, anyone who's put a in this home we stand against hate and blah, anyone with a Black Lives Matter flag on their lawn, I think the that all of those people, none of them are ever gonna vote right right wing. Like there I'm sure there are a lot of American Jews. They're just normal people that kind of were like, oh, I traditionally have always voted for Democrats, and maybe those people are con- reconsidering it. But there's also probably a huge number that are sort of diehard Democrats that have always promoted Democrat causes. And those people, I think, will never abandon the Democrat Party. Just like ev- Just like non-Jewish Democrats, I think the vast majority will always vote Democrat. But there is for sure a minority of all Democrats that are normal people that may be willing to change but i feel that's always going to be a minority because to be a democrat i think most people are essentially insufferable activists now even if like insufferable in the way of they derive a huge amount of their of good of good feeling about themselves from supporting all the good things mm-hmm. against the nazis Anybody that feels that way, I think, will never be able to vote Republican regardless of what happens. Yeah, They might just not vote. They might not vote. And I think that would be at least enough.
0: Now, because obviously it's hard because the media has to cover this giant uh, pro-Palestinian protest that happened in the Mm Capitol because it's bad. You know, for the media, they look at it mm-hmm. and like a lot of the media is like, well, well that's bad because it, because it's an anti-Semitism, right? So they have to cover it. But at the same time, nobody's calling for charges against these people, even though this is, this is the definition of insurrection, according to the left. Mm-hmm. But the left isn't going to want their own people, even though they're currently in a disagreement. They're not going to want them jailed. So does this basically cause all the January 6th stuff to just have to be, have to absolutely be swept under the rug now? Can you really scream yeah. and cry about January 6th and how terrible it was? Now, we've done this before. Like, we've had this before. But let's be honest. You, and remember, the reason why I'm weaving this together this way is any, any of these pro-Palestinian uh, protests that have been occurring have been called anti-Semitic. That word, yeah. the minute you say anti-Semitic, that word triggers stuff in people's brains to immediately think about Nazis, and you know to think about like uh, uh, concentration camps, and uh, that's that's the that's the imagery that's evoked, right? So that's the mm-hmm. group of people that went into the Capitol based on what people have been taught when it comes to that kind of word. So this was a massive anti-Semitic protest that shut down the Capitol and they stormed in all these anti-Semites. That should be triggering most people on the left to be like, I can't believe a bunch of Nazis rushed into the Capitol. But then nothing happens. I feel like people are going to want to know why. And the the pro-Palestinian people are absolutely going to want to see these people jailed. But it's not going to happen. Because... These aren't right-wingers. And those are the only people that need to go to jail. Yeah. Like, we're not at the point yet where you throw your own people in the gulag. They still have to throw a lot of other people in the gulag first. Mm-hmm. So I just, I wonder... Well, right.
1: And it, mm-hmm. It's the, the entire left-wing coalition is essentially fracturing under the issue of Jews and Israel with, a hu- with essentially the major power players with the power and money the it's like the NATO Western governments like their corporate sponsors all backing Israel and then the activist class in the streets seemingly all, all backing Palestine
0: right and it it makes me wonder, like what's the end result of this? Because I I imagine if somebody if somebody's left wing, they're huge like pro Palestinian protester. Now I say huge. I I want to I want to make sure that that we're we're being honest here. These people may not know anything about Palestine, and they don't care to know anything about Palestine. The only don't thing you? that they need is oppressed brown people. They see Israel as being a bunch of white people, and then they see Palestine as being a bunch of brown people. That's it it's all they need
1: right and i think that that's that's all they ever needed i mean it's the same as like black Mm -hmm. lives matter where do they stand this issue they would go well which side is the underdog being oppressed that's who we support and that's the core of most left-wing causes i think most i mean there probably are a lot of left-wingers that feel weirdly in the lurch right now i mean like well which side do i support because i'm told i have to support the jews against the Nazis. And that's a huge deal. But nobody told but me the, the Nazis time, were brown. But now the Nazis are brown, <laughs> and and I see the, like, the military industrial complex. Like I, like these same people were like, I hate the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan because it's just you know the white supremacists attacking the poor brown Muslims. And now they're like, well, but, but I also am not anti-Semitic. That's a big no-no for me too. Right. And so i think it's it's an interesting just sort of collapse of the left-wing coalition which was never about any sort of shared identity or shared goals it was simply about well we all hate essentially white people in european countries and we're all working for their downfall but now but that was the only thing that ever unified them
0: well now the question is is how many left-wing activists are going to get super pissed. Like, think about Harvard, right? A lot of people have heard the story that obviously, like, to, in in a shock to nobody. And this is this is one of the things I hate so much about about like this current news cycle and everything is how dumb people seem to act. Like, they're like, I am absolutely shocked that a bunch of students in Harvard wrote a letter that was supporting Palestine. I'm like, I'm not shocked by that. Of course they did. They're a bunch of liberals. That's that. Like, what, what what are you shocked by? Like, are you stupid? Did you not know how this worked? Like, am I the only person here that understands leftism? Like, what the hell? Point is.
1: Well, I think it's because, mm-hmm. no, no, no. The golem is out of control and was supposed to only do what I wanted it to do.
0: Right, yeah. Like No, which no. I think
1: no. betray it betrays the, the true ideology of a lot of these people, which was, all of these left-wing protest groups, all of this activism, all of these things were never about the actual cause. They were all just a tool to achieve some different end, mm-hmm. which was, I think, these left-wing groups gaining unquestionable power. And now it's becoming obvious to them that the people in the streets are, actually have agency. And essentially what it reeks of is, how can these, how can, how can my tools of conquest actually have free will? I don't like that. Stop it.
0: Right. Well, and, and where it's going to get interesting um, by that is imagine being like one of those like, left wing activists and or, the you know, you're you're the kid at Harvard that signed on to that letter or whatever that was pro-Palestine that it basically said that, like, the reason why Palestine attacked was because of how Israel treats Palestine. And it's like that that kind of sentiment happens in every single war it, that it's just it is a normal there's nothing abnormal about this. That statement's not abnormal. Oh. It's it's not it, it there's nothing bespoke here. This is e- exactly what you would expect. You know, because we we even saw it with uh Ukraine and Russia. We were like, yeah, of course Russia invaded Ukraine. Like look at how NATO has been talking to Russia and to Ukraine. Russia saw Ukraine as a threat. So of course this happened. Right. You get that in every armed conflict ever. So there's nothing the reason why i'm bringing it up is everyone's acting like this is shocking and it's not it's normal it's how this always works and it's not shocking that the liberals in college support the as we keep saying the oppressed brown people because duh point is a lot of those a lot of those student groups they came out and they signed this letter that were basically saying like hey like this is because of how israel treats uh the palestinian people and they probably expected that the Organs of liberalism, progressivism, and the Democrat Party would be behind them. But instead, a bunch of those organs turned against them and were demanding that they be removed from the school, were contacting prospective employers, were contacting prospective internships, and basically destroyed these kids for having what to me amounts to normal liberal thoughts. And that has to be very shocking to the activist class. They have to feel betrayed. And here's my big question: Is how many of those activists are going to actually become anti-Semitic? Because, and like, bear with me on this. Because they're going to ask one very simple question. Because to them, they have the same opinion they've always had. They are remaining consistent. And the only thing that changed is this was a group of Jewish people instead of any other group. You can't help but say that that's not going to turn into these people going, oh, okay, um, I guess I, I guess the, quote, neo-Nazis that don't really exist, um, I guess they were right. These people do control everything. These people do have outsized power. These people are massively hypocritical and only like and and don't actually believe in any of the stuff that they say they believe in. They just use it as a, a leverage of power against their enemies. That is going to happen. And I don't know what that turns into or what that looks like. But I promise you that there is going to be an exceedingly anti-Semitic left-wing contingent. And I don't mean anti-Semitic in the idea that they go, maybe Israel's not the best country in the world. I mean, like, real anti-Semitism. I mean, like, oh, my God, the Jews are evil. Like, that kind
1: of shit. I mean, I think it easily could trend into, oh, clearly the Jews controlled the U.S. government because look at the response— when Israel was threatened by all of these politicians that previously championed the cause of poor brown people. Like all these politicians that previously talked endlessly about how they oppose the evil and awful wars in the Middle East that America's waging, and then Israel gets attacked and they all change their opinion suddenly to, we always support Israel, we'll do anything we can to help them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a... It, it's it's going to be interesting. Now, I love watching the left eat, eat eat one another, especially because now, apparently, liberals hate Greta Thunberg. Right. And she's right. a Nazi. Alan, you need to explain it because you explained it really well to me. You have to explain how she's an absolute Nazi because of her Nazi plushy toy.
1: <laughs> so there was, a, of course, Greta Thunberg, known as the uh, environmental activist in Europe, Uh, posted a picture where she was holding a placard that said Free Palestine.
0: Not shocking. And in
1: the background, what's up?
0: Not shocking.
1: Right, not shocking. In the background on a chair behind her was this little stuffed cartoony octopus toy. And a bunch of people, and well, I'll just. Neurotic people on Twitter <laughs> saw this. Went clearly. That's a racist dog whistle that call, harkens back to the neo, the Nazi propaganda of Jews as this evil Nazi with its t- their tentacles extending around the world, and it's all a racist dog whistle. To that, oh my God, I'm going to get holocausted by Greta Thunberg. Very silly.
0: Okay, do you think? That Greta Thunberg and her handlers really thought that hard. Like, who knows this shit? Who knows I think that a
1: bunch of Jews do? Really? A bunch of Jews saw this and went, "Oh my god, this is exactly that thing that I'm always concerned about for no reason."
0: That's incredible like, to me.
1: How, how do you see a plushy? Cho- the only it's this. It's the only people that see a plushie toy and immediately think this must be a neo-Nazi dog. Like uh, this must be a neo-Nazi dog whistle about you know, the, the the crazy conspiracy that Jews run the world are probably people that are already concerned that that actually is like the only people neurotic about that are people that are concerned that it's actually that think it's actually true and want to hide it.
0: It's it's bananas to me that the girl who is chumming up with Klaus Schwab is suddenly a massive anti-Semite, but not just an anti-Semite. Like yeah. a dog whistling to like dog whistling Dude, to yeah. Nazi propaganda Propag- level yeah. anti semite. Like, well, and
1: it's it's this, it's like, or potentially it's a way to be like I need to find a way to discredit this mm-hmm. pro Palestine movement that I see in the left, and I'm going to do the same thing I always do, which is find any way I can claim that they're the real Nazis
0: and part of the reason why i love what's happening is now that leftists are getting punched in the face with it there's like there has to be so many liberals that are like that's ridiculous it's not anti-semitism and it's like oh it's going to be so weird for you the next time you try to accuse anyone on the right wing like there's there's zero way mentally that somebody on that that somebody on the left that is now being accused of anti-semitism for being normal holding the same opinions they've always held there's zero way that they're like not at least in, at, at a minor mental level when they turn around and are about to try to accuse someone of anti-Semitism, their brain isn't going to go hey remember when that happened to you mm-hmm. hey remember when you held a completely normal opinion and somebody called you an anti-Semite? any chance well, right any chance that maybe that's what's happening
1: here well and I think that a lot of people that on the left when they see this might go, "Oh, that was never serious." Yeah, That was only ever just an attack to distract people, and now it's impossible to ignore that that's how this is used.
0: And one thing one thing I had never realized is there, as far as I can tell by going on social media, there is not a single insult in the world that doesn't somehow have an anti-Semitic reference somewhere. Literally, like yeah. I don't know if you know this, Alan, but for example, Israel was attacked. Fourteen hundred people were killed in the initial assault by Palestine or by Hamas sure. in the initial sure. assault. And so, if you but if you use the phrase of Israel's going to turn around and get their pound of flesh, that's a pretty normal statement, especially in warfare, right? You think so? Yeah. No, actually, it's anti it's it's anti Semitic.
1: See that calls harkens back to the the middle ages when people claimed that Israel that Jews were taking babies and eating them so what now nazi
0: <laughs> take that nazi <laughs> like i i'm serious everything cuz i've seen so many people on, it's one of the reasons why I've stayed off of Twitter recently, is it's just every single thing you say gets turned into, actually, that's an anti-Semitic guy whistle. Here's an article I found. And I'm like, is there a group of people who just go around and go, okay, give me every single insult that could possibly happen. All right, now we need to figure out a way to make that anti-Semitic. Because yeah, right? what what it really comes down to is <clears throat> you're not allowed to question Israel because that makes you a Nazi you're not allowed to not support Israel because that makes you a Nazi and Nazis are bad. Um, you're not allowed to support Palestine. That makes you a Nazi. Uh, mm-hmm. But you also can't be Islamophobic still for reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, Biden made that very clear in his speech that, you know, oh, it's not all Palestinians, just a hated minority. and
0: Yeah, because democracy will rule all blah, blah, blah. Yes. Except for it won't because that's the problem. You see, this is this is the fun part for me is you have uh, Biden over there talking about how there needs to be a great democracy. Well, there is one because part of part of the argument that I've heard on why, you know, uh, there's no innocent people in Gaza is that they voted for Hamas. Right. So that that is the rationale that I've seen from a lot of uh, people uh, a lot of pro-Israel Israel people are saying that it's totally okay uh, for there to be large-scale civilian casualties in Gaza because they voted for Hamas. So that, that's a democracy. That is democracy. Unless somebody wants to show me that these people weren't allowed to vote some other way or that the votes you know, were fake or something. I, same thing with Russia, right? Like, They all Mm -hmm. voted for Putin. That's democracy. But, well, I mean, it's not because Putin stole the election. But you see what I mean? Like That's what I hate about this shit is it's like, I'm sorry, were these people elected? Like, were they elected with a plurality of votes? That's democracy. So suck it up, buttercup. Sometimes democracy, if you truly believe in it, doesn't go the fucking way you want. And you just have to cry about it especially when you have like supposedly the numbers that you see with people like Putin where it's like 70%. Now I don't know I don't know how many Palestinians voted for Hamas but unless somebody's going to show me how Hamas like stole the votes or forced it or something then you are punishing people for democracy you're saying they voted the wrong way and it's okay to take a military and kill them for it. That's actually anti-democratic. In the most Mm -hmm. strict sense, humanly possible. And it's also provable because the current war in Ukraine is because the United States government helped actually perform a coup against the democratically elected president because they didn't like him.
1: Right. That's very true.
0: So anyway, more other news that came out of this, which is absolutely fascinating. So. Yeah. In a feat of what I can only assume is... Okay, I'm going to have to assume that this was a PR campaign. And it annoys the shit out of me because it's one of those things that's like normally you just can't say it because people just get upset. And I don't have any way to prove it. But I do find it very convenient that Biden went to Israel and then suddenly American hostages got released, which kind of leads me to feel like... We could have released those hostages earlier, but instead they wanted to wait and release them once Biden was on the ground to make it look like Biden had something to do with it. It sort of feels like some American Mm -hmm. citizens perhaps were left to suffer for at least a few more days until the president could be on the ground to make it look real good. Just saying. Maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe it's lined up different. Maybe they were able to get the hostages and then Biden was like, okay, let me fly over there, but they're safe and whatever, but I want to be there for the release. That's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. I'm not saying that, but I also can't say that the Biden administration would not 100% tell a group of people, why don't you wait a couple of days to go rescue those people because we want to make sure the president's on the ground for it because it's going to look real good. That's the kind of shit the Biden administration does. But not only... So not only was there the fact that we did have a couple of hostages uh, released, they they were Americans that were in Israel that were taken hostage by Hamas. A couple of them got released to much fanfare, which is great. I mean, that is always a good thing. But because the Biden administration is run by idiots and is almost entirely run by interns because the president of the United States is a demented old fool, they Mm -hmm. doxed out a bunch of special forces operators.
1: Right, so um, as part of the increasingly extreme, the increasingly amount of U.S. assets around Israel, Mm. (laughs)
0: um,
1: um, the United States has a bunch of has a, a special forces team. At least one, probably more, of as far as we can confirm, special operations, but. It has been alleged that it is, in fact, the elite hostage rescue team Delta Force on ground in Israel. U.S. Ameri- American citizens were part of some of the hostage Hamas took. The U.S. sent Delta Force to Israel as part of, well, if we have to go in and get these our people back, that's who's going to do it. Um, so, Anyway. Hostiles rescued. Biden's there. Biden is in Israel. He meets with the elite U.S. Special Forces team that's on the ground uh, as part of this meet-and-greet. I mean, they're all wearing their full kit and body armor and everything. And as part of this official meet-and-greet, Biden's shaking their hands and someone snaps a photo from his team and posts it on Twitter without disguising the identities or blurring out the faces of any of the members of that Special Forces team, which is a big no-no because it violates a lot of OPSEC and essentially burns all of those special operators and makes it much more difficult for them to do their jobs.
0: Yeah, there's a pretty standard practice within uh, the media contingents of the government, and one of those is you do not ever take photographs of your elite assets, whether whether they're part of... (laughs) SMU, whether they're part of ODA, uh, even your normal special forces units, and even some conventional units, you just don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the Biden administration didn't care. They don't care about those things. They don't know. First of all, they don't know those things, or they do know them, and they don't give a shit. I promise you that the reason why this, this was done was it came. First of all, it came much higher. There's not a single intern who just does something without permission. That that doesn't happen in the White House. Everything has to go through multiple hands. Alan, you and I have worked in the government. Were you ever able to just knee-jerk, throw anything out there without it touching multiple hands? Ever? No. Right. So there's always QA, QC, quality, quality assurance and quality control. That's always a thing. Especially when it goes through uh, any sort of uh, communication staff, because everything that gets published on the Twitter account for the White House and for the POTUS is a matter of official record and must be archived by law. And the reason why that happened was because the Democrats did that to Trump to try to make it to where it's like all of his mean tweets will forever be in the Library of Congress. So now every dumb shit thing that the Biden administration, which, by the way, this isn't the first dumb shit thing that's happened, but what I mean by that is like the White House communications staff, because of their diversity hire in Karine Jean-Pierre, are just massive failures and dumb as hell. But the point is, yeah. is I guarantee that the big thrust here was it's an election year. There's issues going on in Israel. We need to get a picture of Biden shaking hands with the most elite military units that we can to make him look like a supporter of the military to make it look like the military likes Joe Biden to make Joe Biden look strong because he's actually feeble and he trips and he has to take he has to have a custom tiny staircase to get onto Air Force 1 because he's so enfeebled like that is why that picture was taken that is why that picture was posted because that was the priority it was all optics it was all imagery and it was all to try to make Joe Biden look good. They didn't give a shit about anything else. The only thing right. they cared about was make Joe Biden look good.
1: Absolutely. And it just shows that they are not, that we don't have professionals running things inside the Biden administration.
0: Yeah. And they're not serious. The adults are, right. in fact, not in charge here.
1: Exactly. And speaking of the adults not in charge. The situation in Israel is not limited to simply Israel. It is seems like it is in danger of becoming a much larger conflict and not having competent and effective pragmatic people in charge seems like it is going to be a recipe for disaster going forward. So currently the United States is massing a relatively impressive amount of military might all around Israel. Uh, For example the current deployments of u.s force of forces around israel include the uss gerald ford strike group the uss eisenhower carrier strike group the uss baton and marine corps amphibious assault group consisting of 2500 marine infantry with all the assets they need for ground war fighting the sixth fleet command and control ship uss mount whitney has been sent to the region which is essentially a communications and intelligence gathering ship, but also carries a admiral that outranks both the generals of the Gerald Ford and the Eisenhower to command an entire ground, to command an entire campaign with both carrier groups. There are 200 U.S. troops have been put on alert for deployment to the Middle East. We already talked about how there's soft elements and and possibly Delta Force on the ground already. Uh, the Biden administration announced that the Patriot Missile Systems and THAAD, uh, Terminal High Altitude Air Defense Systems, are being uh, battalions manned by U.S. soldiers are on their way to Israel to provide Israel with some of the best air, air and anti-ballistic missile defense money can buy. And that is a relatively impressive amount of war fighting capability that is being basically packed around Israel right now. And the reason, and it, that's not to help Israel fight Hamas. A bunch of dudes sitting in the Gaza Strip that don't have access to any sort of real advanced military capability. You don't send a carrier carrier group to deal with them. You send these sort of military assets to make sure that any other Arab country feels like it can't invade Israel. This is to protect Israel from ground invasion by its neighbors. Right, but. That's not just the only moves happening in the region. So the US is putting tons of troops in and tons of military assets around Israel right now. Putin just announced that MiG-31 fighter jets armed with Kinzhal hypersonic uh, cruise missiles are now going to be on permanent patrol over the Black Sea, which places those those ballistic carrier killer missiles in like essentially in range of US carriers off of the Israeli coast. So That that is somewhat concerning because those missiles may or may not be able to be intercepted by carrier defense systems. Additionally, China, there are now six Chinese warships operating that have been sent to to operate off the coast of Oman. The 44th Naval Escort Task Force of the Chinese People's Liberation Army essentially is now suddenly conducting, quote, training with the Omani Navy. Well, we have like there's there are military assets of foreign countries now also moving into into range of US forces in the region. All of this seems like sort of a recipe for potential disaster, but the military situation on the ground is actually escalating. This is not just Israel and Gaza anymore. Iraqi and Syrian US bases in Iraq and Syria this past week have taken uh, attacks by drones and rockets with some personnel being injured. There's no reports of any deaths. All we've heard are some personnel have been injured in these attacks on Iraqi and Syrian U.S. bases by drones and rockets. The U.S. destroyer USS Kearney shot down four land attack cruise missiles and 19 drones in the Red Sea this week that were launched from Yemen towards Israel. Uh, Israel has been air air strapped. Israel conducted airstrikes this week against the airports of Damascus and Aleppo in Syria, putting their runways out of action. There have been clashes between the IDF and Palestinians in the West Bank. Hezbollah, the, the basically militia in Lebanon, the Hezbollah and the IDF have been trading fire with anti-tank guided missiles mm-hmm. being launched at Israeli tanks on the border of northern Israel. Israel's responded with airstriking Hezbollah targets in Lebanon. Hundreds of protesters clashed with police in Lebanon near the U.S. embassy, and the U.S. State Department is issuing worldwide caution alerts. It's so, like it—it it feels as though this conflict has the potential for just a few things need to go wrong for it to massively escalate in seriousness. For example, what happens if, say, Iranian-backed militants in Iraq or Syria? These rocket attacks kill U.S. service members. Right. What happens if the USS Carney gets fails to intercept one of these land attack cruise missiles, and it either hits something valuable in Israel or itself is hit with one of these cruise missiles?
0: That's what, what I was going to say. What
1: happens if any of these carrier groups get hit with an anti ship missile launched by an Iranian Iranian backed militia? It's like what if a destroyer is sunk?
0: I worry. Any of these things like, could
1: drastically accelerate the tension in the area
0: call me cynical but i worry that that is more of the point than to protect israel against any sort of incursion from its arab neighbors i worry Mm. because like i i can understand it diplomatically like the idea is like take the entire force and capability of the west park it out there to basically like think of it as like You know, two, two guys get into a fight at a bar and one guy has a bunch of friends that suddenly hold the other guy's friends back. So the fight has to be, you know, you know, and and then make the guy be like, you know, 40 pounds heavier, you know? So it's like, Hey, your friends aren't going to be able to help you. Um, We're just going to beat the shit out of you. And my friends are going to hold your friends back. So you have, you know, it's, it's going to absolutely be a thing. (laughs) Um, the point is, is like, yeah, I, I can understand diplomatically the idea of bring a bunch of military hardware out there pointed at, you know, ostensibly at the other uh, Middle Eastern and Arab nations and be like, you're not going to get involved in this. Because let's be fair, that would be a ticking time bomb into World War Three. But at the for same sure.
1: time, for sure,
0: I can't say that it's not part of the tactic because of how craven these people are. That it's, let's put a bunch of U.S. assets out there specifically so a U.S. asset gets hit, so U.S. service members get killed, and then we can go to the American public and say, they killed our boys. We have to go in. We have to fight. It was Iran. We have to, do because we know for a fact, we know for an absolute fact, the neocons and the Democrats and the Wall Street Democrats, this this uniparty has wanted to go to war with Iran for a long time. Very true. We know that there's a huge contingent that wants to go to war with Iran. Now, at the same time, for whatever reason, the Obama administration really liked Iran. They had this whole nuclear deal that they were all about, for whatever reason, and um, But Iran has been a point of interest, I will say, among the uniparty and the the GAE, as it were, the global American uh, empire, has been very interested in Iran. Because of that, obviously, we know that Russia and China kind of eye Iran, I don't think solidly, but as a, well, the West hates you and the West hates us. So I can't 100% say that we're not moving all of this military hardware out there specifically so some of these people get killed so then they can turn around and scream, we have to go to war with who the fuck ever, but probably Iran. And and there is Mm -hmm.
1: some precedent for exactly that sort of thing. I don't know how many people remember it. Well, probably very few of our our listeners actually remember it, but the Gulf of Tonkin incident Mm -hmm. where US destroyers were attacked by... North Vietnamese Navy vessels was the justification for the United States getting involved in the Vietnam War. And that event was entirely contrived by the U.S. intelligence community. Essentially to give the U.S. government a justification to go to war in Vietnam against the communists like it really wanted to. Right, And what I mean by that is US, the CIA elements Operating inside Vietnam, were pre- performed a bunch of hit-and-run attacks against North Vietnamese Navy bases. The night before those, the they, the North Vietnamese Navy Navy bases rallied a bunch of patrol craft to go out in search of the CIA CIA small fast boats that had just attacked them. Sallied forth out right into a deployment of U.S. destroyers and made mistook those for who just attacked them and started firing firing back us destroyers fired back the in the gulf of tonkin incident happened and the us got involved in vietnam and right. the documentation of the event and the timelines involved it was absolutely the plan of the cia to lure the north vietnamese into the path of these us destroyers to create an incident that then could be used as a justification for for u.s intervention right and it would it would be it is absolutely within the realm of possibility that something like that could happen again
0: right especially because people want it and what's weird though is this feels very much like what the the powers that be want this to be a long and dragged out war and the reason why i say that is i don't think that biden has any compunction not to want this to escalate even further, especially in an election year, because he is a craven piece of garbage like that. But at the same time, if you were mad about, like, if you're mad about your taxpayer money going to fund Ukraine, fine. Like, that makes sense. You should be. Some people are mad about their taxpayer money going to fund Israel, which makes no goddamn sense because Mm -hmm. why does Israel need more money? Um, They're rich as shit. But at the same point, maybe you're mad about that, but maybe you're not. Maybe you support it because you're pro-Israel. What if I also told you your tax money is going to fund Gaza too? Because Biden yeah. signed an aid package that's going to go to Gaza. And that flies in the face of everything the US government is telling me about Gaza. Gaza is a terrorist okay. state that's entirely run by Hamas. You're about to give Hamas a bunch of money. You can claim, oh, it's actually right. just for food. It's actually just for blood. Like, dude, they don't give a shit what you'd say it's for. They're going to use it to buy other things.
1: Well, and that's, again, according to their own discussion of who Hamas is and how they operate. Yeah. That's exactly what you would expect. And uh, so it's, it definitely, there, there is a lot of potential for a wag the dog sort of situation to happen right now, especially around Hamas and Gaza and the Middle East.
0: Yeah, I'm. I am very concerned that this is going to become the other tier of a proxy war against Russia and China.
1: Oh yeah, it's like we have Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Well, now are we going to have Israel, where we also spend billions of dollars? I I think it was the we were told recently by the Biden administration. Don't worry, we have enough money. We can fund two wars at the same time.
0: Yeah, that was that was Janet Yellen who did that, Secretary of the Treasury.
1: right and she said don't worry we have the money we can fund two wars at the same time even though the national (laughs) debt is now 33 trillion dollars and has gone up more in the last few years than it has gone up in the years prior which was already extreme also we don't have the money because we're running a multi-billion dollar deficit every year we don't have the money to run two years we don't have the money to run one war
0: we're we're not supposedly uh, in any war but somehow she's justifying funding two of them
1: As far as I know, Congress hasn't declared war on anyone. And so why are we funding any of this? Yeah, but we all like that. My tax dollars are going to go to funding these wars that we never voted for. When my tax dollars can't fund a wall, they can't fund seemingly fund anything else except for these wars.
0: It's the only thing Congress will ever agree agree on spending our money on. (laughs) Exactly. (coughs) It's so um, God, I hate it. Uh, i hate it so much it's just it's it it makes me it makes me very annoying um Mm -hmm. or very annoyed just because yeah like i I, of course i get it you know we we say it tongue-in-cheek like as far as i know congress hasn't declared a war not like anyone gives a shit anymore apparently like yeah congress is supposed to declare war but nobody, neither party gives a shit about that. They're just like, no, the president of the United States can just fart U S taxpayer money toward whatever foreign nation he wants for wars to happen. And it's like, everybody else goes, yeah, but like you should officially declare war and they go, yeah, but you're not going to stop us if we don't. So fuck you. We're just going to spend all of your money.
1: Right. Well, at the same time, they're printing trillions, of, they're printing billions, if not trillions of dollars already that is deflating the value of all of my money that I have.
0: Right. It's
1: like, why have any money in the bank when they can deflate the value simply by waving their hand and asking nicely to the Federal Reserve?
0: Yeah. And by by the way, like Janet Yellen's statement seems really divergent to the feelings of the majority of Americans. Like, wow, we can yep. afford to fund two wars. And it's like... Fucking can we? I can't afford to fill my gas tank.
1: Yeah, exactly. What are all these wars getting us? And like Biden's speech, we need to do these fight all these wars and we need to fund all these things like Russia can't win in Ukraine and Hamas can't win in Israel, which it seems like a very odd even discussion point because yeah, what is I'm... there's no way there's no just like Ukraine. There's no way Ukraine wins against Russia. That was never in the cards. There's no way Hamas wins against israel that's never in the cards and so we just need to give all of this money and blood and money and treasure for what exactly so we can quote support democracy right i, I that doesn't what does that get us well we just we've supported democracy now more yeah okay well what what change does that rot? what change does that make in the world i'm starting it's like like, well, like I mean, i've said now, before like,
0: Sorry, like I've said before, I'm starting yeah. to think that freedom and democracy are actually the name of two yachts that are being offered to Biden.
1: Certainly seems like it. Like, <laughs> we need to support freedom and democracy so that my kids can keep corruptly making money in Ukraine. Yep. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> oh, Great. shit. That's what that was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, not, that's, that's what it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, that uh, whoa, that meme nice. of the two astronauts that are out there, where somebody's staring, like one of them staring at the world, and is like, oh, this has always just been about them ingratiating themselves and funding their money, and then there's the guy behind him with the gun that just says, it always was.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, dummy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it. Of course, it's it's bananas. It's we we are legitimately in a situation where world war three is a distinct possibility and it is far more tenuous than i think people really want to accept and also this is entirely the fault of the left of the uniparty of the deep state however you want to phrase it it's entirely their fault because if the united states for example if the united states wasn't uh like basically if the obama if the obama administration and the biden administration weren't basically trying to ingratiate iran for some reason and looking super fucking weak on the world stage hamas probably would not have thought that they had a good chance to stage this kind of attack number 2 yeah. israel would be far more reasonable in their response if they didn't think that the US basically was going to back them no matter what, regardless of what they do. This is causing, think about it for a second. What you have right now is you have a bunch of Arab countries and it doesn't matter whether you think this is true or not, or whether you agree with it or not. It doesn't make a shit of difference because to Arab countries, they're going to go off of what they see. They already don't like that Israel exists to the majority of Arab countries. That land was stolen from Arabs and given to the Jews by the West. And that is in it. They're not insane for thinking that the British, the British in World War I took the land and said, this is now Britain. To be honest, that's at least somewhat fair because a war was fought. Then World War II happened, and the British went, "We're gonna give it to the Jews because we feel bad, I guess, or something, or it's the promised land because God said so." Which, by the way, it's actually way more—it's way more offensive to the Arab world when people use the term, "Well, God, God uh, uh, predetermined this land for the Jews." That's really, really offensive to every Muslim ever. Because to them, they're the chosen people. So good job in being retarded and not understanding that aspect of it. Uh, But at the same time, it was like a bunch of dudes in a room got together and drew some lines on a map and said, this now belongs to the Jews and the Arabs can go over here. Because that's what happened. The United Nations, it was like one of the first things that the United Nations ever really did was Found Israel, and the whole reason why the United Nations was pressured to do it was because, I mean, people have heard the term Rothschild, and they hear it like in this conspiratorial sense of like, oh, the Rothschild—it's this anti-Semitic concept of Jews running the world. Well, to be completely honest, the British government did go to the Rothschilds and said, we need more money for World War One. And then there was the Balfour Declaration, where the Rothschild said, we will give you the money for weapons if you promise to give us Israel.
1: Right. Yeah, and th- this happened in World War I. So yeah. the, the formation of Israel is, a lot of people consider it a, simply a post-World War II phenomenon, but the creation of Israel really happened in World War I, where the Rothschilds and a bunch of other wealthy Jewish bankers, approached the British government and said, we will f- help you fund, we will write you giant loans to fund World War I, and in exchange, if you win and you conquer the Ottoman territories of of Palestine, you will create, you will basically give those to us and my ca- little cabal of Zionists, and we will create, for us to create a Jewish state. And the British government said, yeah, yeah, sure, that's great. We need to fund World War One." And after World War One, Britain takes control of Palestine because the Ottoman Empire is defeated. And throughout the 20s and especially the 30s, there was this giant migration of Jews from across Europe into to settle in Palestine. And they settle and settle and settle. And then, I mean, even the Nazi Nazi Germany even encouraged this movement. They would say, well, you it, we will, the Nazi government will write you a check for a percentage of all of your assets in Germany, and you can take all that money and then go to Palestine and start a new life there because we want the Jews out of Germany. And the, there is a Nazi. There actually was a Nazi embassy in Palestine to help facilitate the transfer of Jews and their assets into Palestine. And after the war, basically, the there were so many Jews in Palestine it was starting to cause a lot of friction with the existing Palestinians, and there was a lot of uh, increasing ethnic violence between gangs of Palestinians and gangs of Israelis fighting each other for control of the land that the British packed up and left and said, we absolve our, wipe our hands of this and gave it to the UN. And the UN looked at it and said, well, we're going to divide up what was formerly Palestine into Israel and an Arab state of Palestine and Create this new country and promptly all the Arab states around Palestine says you can't like just because all these people moved here in the last couple decades doesn't mean you can basically steal Arab lands and create a new country promptly invaded Israel the and promptly lost that war and thus the modern state of Israel is created the Palestinians that lived in Palestine were essentially forced out into the West Bank and the Gaza Strip right so that's, that's the story of Israel.
0: Yeah. And so Arab countries see this as the West because they don't see the UN as being their partner in shit. They see it right, as right. the West. So they see the West created Israel and forced a bunch of Arabs out of their homes uh, to make room for the Jews. So right. that that is how Arab countries view this. And so it doesn't, like I said, doesn't matter whether you agree with it. doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if you agree with, um, I'm going to use a statement that's going to really upset certain people, but facts don't care about your feelings unless it has to do with Israel, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, right. <laughs> but the point is, is that that is how the Arab world views. A lot of this is that this land was stolen right. from the Arabs, stolen from the Muslims by the Jews and by the West. So now here's the situation you're painting. Um, Hamas attacks Israel. I'm sure there's probably plenty. There's plenty of Arab governments that are like, God damn it, why did they do that? That's ridiculous and stupid. What were they even hoping to accomplish here? So it's not that they even necessarily support it, but now Israel's going to go into Gaza and just start murdering a bunch of civilians.
1: Right. And, or and, if and, they do. That's the thing is, we don't know that that's what's exactly going to happen. Well, hope, yeah, if yeah. Israel does. If Israel does what I see a lot of the pro Israel people, including people of the Israeli government and Israeli military, saying is they're going to go in there and kill, every, you know, and destroy Hamas, which, if it's a terrorist organization, they're basically embedded with the civilian population. There's already been huge numbers of airstrikes in Gaza already. They basically drew a line in Gaza and said everything north of this line is like flee. Every Gazan civilian needs to flee south. Anyone that's still left here is going to be killed, and we're going to wipe this area off the map. They already did that, and that's why that hospital issue that we talked, that was sort of last week, there's this big hospital. They said we can't evacuate all of our patients by your time frame. Israel said they didn't care. This has created a lot of tension. Right. The, The fact is Israel is going to take punitive action against Gaza for this Hamas attack into Israel and Arab governments are going to be left with well I have my own Arab population is furious about this right because they see it as their Arab brethren being unjustly their Arab brethren being attacked by the what they would call the apartheid state of Israel right and so the populations of many Arab countries the Muslim world is going to be very upset with this development and their governments if they want to remain legitimate have to oppose Israel right now
0: but understand that from the viewpoint of those Arab governments and like I mm-hmm. said it, it kind of doesn't matter whether it's legitimate or not they're going to see it as Israel is murdering a bunch of Arab citizens like, or, 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 yeah a Arab, bunch of Palestinians. Yeah, they're, they're murdering citizens. a bunch of their fellow Muslims now at the same time what are they seeing from the West? A bunch of warships that are basically saying, you're going to allow this. Yeah. You're you, going to sit and you watch. Don't,
1: yeah. If you don't sit and watch as Israel. So in, in the eyes of the Arab world, mm-hmm. what America's statement right now is America is stating, you must sit back and allow Israel to do whatever it wants to, to mm-hmm. your Muslim brethren in Gaza, or else you will face our wrath. And yeah. that is not going to be make them very happy. I think yeah. that is going to make the Muslim world very inflamed against the United States. And in fact, they already were pretty annoyed about this because the United States has done this in the past with Israel and is one of the prime reasons why... It's it's the prime justification that Islamic terrorists have always had against the West. They don't hate us for our freedom. They don't hate us because we're Christian. They hate us because we provide the military support for Israel that, prov- that allows Israel to do what they see as oppressing Arabs and stealing their land. Yep. They have no beef with beef with the West otherwise. Yeah, sure, we're infidels, yeah, sure, we're decadent. They care a lot less about that than they care about our support for Israel. That is what That was Osama bin Laden's prime complaint about the United States was that the United States is what enabled Israel to survive against Arab attempts to of reconquest
0: right yeah a country that had no skin in the game got involved for no other reason than to ensure that
1: um, the Arabs lost right and again that's fine if the United States says Israel's an ally and that's valuable but at the same time we have to acknowledge that there are costs to doing that yeah and we need to be honest with ourselves about what those costs are and if they are actually worth it
0: yeah we just have to ask ourselves whether or not the value of us doing all of this that we're doing right now is worth making us a very viable target for terrorism is it worth it and i'm Especially sorry because but-
1: we Some reason imported millions of Muslims into our countries over the last decade. I mean,
0: if I wanted to be conspiratorial, I would say that that's been the entire point. We've imported a bunch of these quote refugees in, and now we're basically lighting them off. And I think it might be, I mean, if you want to be conspiratorial, maybe it's specifically to get them to start conducting terrorist attacks because the left really wants to have Patriot Act 2.0. It would completely justify them locking down social media. It would completely justify them locking down um, alternative media sources that they don't want to deal with by claiming that they're somehow pushing terrorism and disinformation, it would give the government even more power to oppress its citizens. Like the initial Patriot Act, like the fears that the Democrats had about the initial Patriot Act, it would come true because hilariously, all of these Democrats were worried about what George W. Bush was going to do with the Patriot Act. Then he really didn't do any of those things they were worried about. But then Obama was like, hold my beer, watch what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah. And I, I've, it's hard to know how it's going to turn out, and it is going to be very frustrating because if the real people that I would be angry with in the United States are so the people that imported all these Muslims. Yeah. Like none of this would be a problem. I Which mean, is as it's correct to correctly point out, you don't have an Islamic terrorist problem if you don't have a bunch of Muslims in your country.
0: Well, and it's going to be super weird because you're going to be really mad at all the people who imported all of those Muslims. But then they're also going to tell you how bad all these Muslims are and how they're such a threat against national security. And you're going to be like, yeah, but you brought them here. And they'll be like, well, yeah, but that was before they attacked the country I actually care about.
1: Right. But that but <sighs> that was when I wanted to essentially attack white supremacy. And now that. Now that the scorpion is stinging me, I'm I'm now going to act with shock that it's doing exactly what it said it was going to do.
0: Yeah, a bunch of progressive Jewish groups are going to come stare at us and be like, guys, you don't understand. It was a terrible idea for us to import all of these uh, Muslims, uh, these military age male Muslims. And we're going to go, yeah, we told you that. And it was like, well, yeah, and I know I called you a Nazi and I know I called you a racist and I know I called you a bigot, but can you please help? yeah (laughs) it's like nah man and 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 maybe and maybe it does make sense maybe some of these progressive jewish groups wanted to do um wanted to resettle a bunch of refugees in hopes that palestine would just naturally leave (laughs) and come to the united states maybe that that was actually floated (laughs) it's
1: it there has been a discussion amongst Especially European governments and the American government about, well, should we take a bunch of Palestinian refugees and how many should we take? Which is just – because of course, of course, if we have any – if there's ever a chance to import people from around the world that don't share our values, (laughs) uh, the standard line is get them here as fast as possible.
0: What could fucking go wrong? But we're all going to hear about how, like, I I promise you that what will happen is we do this. And then, like, a bunch of synagogues start getting lit on fire uh, by Palestinians. And somehow that's going to become, like, a right-wing problem. It's going to be, like, given to us as, like, these right-wing militias of fucking muslims and everyone's gonna be like wait what <laughs> but it'll, it'll absolutely mm-hmm. be it'll be right-wing white supremacist terror somehow because it'll be like a lebanese dude and they'll lighten his skin in the mugshot um or or yeah. maybe they'll say asian like they like they did with the that's the funny part too is like in britain this is the kind of shit that people are seeing and and by the way like we're not being cynical about it. We're, we're kind of pointing out how funny the, the comparison is. And a lot of regular citizens are seeing the same kind of hypocritical bullshit. For example, um, if you were a grooming gang in Britain, basically there was top cover run for you. You were called an Asian male instead of being identified as like Afghan or Pakistani or anything like that because nobody wanted yeah. hate speech. But if you support Palestine, they'll throw your ass in jail now right like you can literally rape british british girls like young british women you can rape and sexually traffic them and the british government will turn a blind eye but if you say a mean thing about israel you'll go to fucking jail
1: yeah suddenly it's now a problem
0: yeah fascinating
1: and it's the same it's the same in the united states it's like like you can have all these people, Muslims coming in, you can have terrorist concerns, you can have all of this. And then as soon as it's, actually, we don't really like, we don't really stand with Israel. Oh my gosh, get these people out of here. How did they all come here? Oh my gorg. <laughs>
0: we got to get them out now. I can't believe all these terrorists are just sitting on our doorstep. You know, like yeah. well, and you know, you see TikToks where it's like a, a bunch of a bunch of dumb high schoolers who don't know shit about anything. They're just doing what liberal nonsense crap they see, are like marching through their uh, uh hallway with a free Palestine poster. And I saw somebody post it is like, imagine being a Jewish child and knowing that you're not safe at your own school. And I'm not gonna lie, yeah. like, go fuck yourself, man. If you're a white kid from a conservative household or even a centrist household, you don't feel safe in your fucking high school because you're attacked constantly. These kids have been encouraged by those same people that are suddenly worried about free Palestine. They didn't give a shit when it was trans lives matter, black lives matter, all this other nonsense. They didn't give a shit about that. And there were parents getting added to terror watch lists for bringing up their concerns. So kindly go fuck off. I don't feel bad for you. Where you don't feel safe in the school. Maybe you shouldn't have funded all those politicians. Fuck face. Yeah. Sorry, a little, little bit no, of my, no, my no, it's, venom.
1: It's, it's, it's hilarious because it is people, it is finally the ramifications of their politics are hitting home, and that is in many ways kind of glorious.
0: God, this bed's so uncomfortable. Why did I make it this way? Do I really
1: have to sleep here? <laughs> oh, no, the inevitable consequences of my act. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, and, and what's what's funny too is, is the grift like it's now it's now okay to point out how grifty some of these like racial grifters are because they're anti-Israel. So now suddenly the left is actually exposing grifters like Sean King because Sean King for those who don't remember is a white guy who pretends to be black and supports things like Black Lives Matter and has by the way made a ton of money doing it. This guy has made a shitload of money being an activist because that's what it's really about. According to Sean right. King, he was instrumental in the release of one of the American hostages, one of the two American hostages <clears throat> that was uh, uh, released uh, by Hamas. He claims that he worked with the Qatari government. And then it turns out, what? yeah, he helped secure the release of one of these American hostages from Hamas by interfacing with the Qatari government, and the U.S. State Department. He was pivotal. And you should donate to his GoFundMe for his efforts. Well, interestingly, when asked the family of this girl, Natalie something or other, I'm sorry, I forgot her last name. When her family was asked, they were like, we've never heard of this person. This guy has zero, like, we we don't know who that is because he also claimed that she was a follower of his, like, like she was part of his activism and he's very pro-Palestine. This family's like, yeah, we're not pro-Palestine were like very jewish very big i mean let's be honest their daughter was like vacationing in israel it's likely and then maybe there are obviously a lot of shit jews that love palestine blah whatever um or at least they did they don't anymore now they it's it's way more uh uh valuable for them to be pro-israel now so right. um the point is is that they were like we've never heard of this guy we have nothing to do with anything he he does we don't know anything. We have no idea who this is the first time we've ever heard of this man. Um, and so he goes back onto social media and claims I've talked to the family and they've explained to me that the Israeli government is threatening them. So they have to put distance between themselves and I, because they're being threatened by the Israeli government. Wow. Wow. And it's like, I don't know, what, big if true, I guess?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I mean, I'm not saying that a government wouldn't do shit like that. I'm saying that I don't think Sean King has the metal to be able to get hostages released by, like, who gives a shit what this guy says? Like he's gonna go yeah. to Hamas and be like, "Could you please release these, uh, uh, th- this uh, this uh, uh, Israeli citizen, this American citizen that was in Israel? Could you please release them, man? Like it would really mean a lot." They're gonna be like, "Who are you? Why? Why do you look? Why do you look black and white?" <laughs> yeah, it was more Russian than Arab. <laughs> I can't do an Arab accent right now for some reason. But they're gonna be like, "Who the fuck is that guy? Why does he look black and white?" get out of here like why the fuck would it they
1: it's very weird like, it's very weird how people are jumping onto the trying to jump onto this whole scenario inside the u.s u.s politics
0: well it's not weird it's the same grifty nonsense we always i mean i understand what you mean but it, like it's not weird it's exactly the all of the left's activism is just a money-making scheme because liberals are stupid and this proves
1: it. Well, it's performative. It's yeah. always been very perform. Their activism has always been very performative, not necessarily about the events themselves, but more about how do I look when I promote said event.
0: Yeah. Like it- as, as long as I get a poster to put up in the window, so my neighbors can see how good a, good a person I am, I, I support it. Exactly. Now, we've got only a little bit of time left, so I've got to buzz through some of the other stuff that I absolutely want to make sure that you all um, are aware of. Uh, There was another episode that was released by Tucker Carlson on X or Twitter, as they say. And uh, Mm -hmm. this one is apparently very fascinating because uh, he gets information that came in from the medical examiner who initially looked at George Floyd. And finds Mm. out that this medical examiner received a phone call uh, from someone, uh, I think either a district attorney or the DOJ, of someone of that nature, but received a phone call and was told, you don't want to be the medical examiner who goes in front of the American public and tells them they didn't see what they just saw. And was told.
1: Oh, I see. Interesting.
0: And was told that he was going to rule that George Floyd died of compression of his neck. Really? And so, yeah, there's an interview, there's an interview that Tucker Carlson did where he talks about how the entire autopsy and everything about George Floyd was contrived by politicians and he has interviews with people like the medical examiner who claims uh that he was basically threatened. And was told that you're going to say that he died from compression of his neck because otherwise, basically, we're going to completely destroy you. You're not going to be the guy who's going to go in front of America and say, I know it looked like that's what happened, but that's not. He died of fentanyl. Like, he died of a fentanyl overdose. It's like, you're not going to be the guy Uh who says that. Trust us. You don't want to be that guy.
1: So, So I... I think mm-hmm. a lot of us already knew that he died of a fentanyl overdose and not compression of the neck. But if that is true coming from the medical examiner, that there is essentially a conspiracy to conceal the truth, to push a political message mm-hmm. that was then utilized for the justification for all of those Black Lives Matter riots and parading his George Floyd's body around in a gold casket, that, well, first off, that completely destroys the credibility of the U.S. justice system. Because it found Derek Chauvin guilty and condemned the man's essentially to what was it like life in prison, basically ruined the man's life. Yeah. And if it did that off false pretenses that were politically, that when there was a conspiracy to push that. I mean, that's very damning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and. It's uh, I mean, this stuff is coming out at a very opportune moment in the idea that, you know, there's there is a very high likelihood, I think, um, with a lot of this coming out that Derek Chauvin is going to end up getting the case overturned, potentially even up it up to the Supreme Court. But that case gets overturned and then the U.S. government's going to owe that man a lot of fucking money a lot As they of should. money. And he As should he should. should turn around and he should sue every media outlet. He should sue a lot of people primarily because he didn't get a fair trial. It was impossible for yeah. him to get a fair trial. It's just mm-hmm. flat out like that those are just the facts of it. It was impossible for that man to get a fair trial. And that's insane. Now Absolutely. The other thing that I will point out is a little bit of an update on the speaker's race. So Jim Jordan has bowed out running for speaker because he ran and there were about 20, 20 to 22 Republicans that decided that they were going to vote against him, which apparently they're not called traitors. I guess Matt Gates is a traitor for getting rid of Joe, uh, for not Joe, if only, um, for getting rid of uh, Kevin McCarthy, um, So he's a traitor for getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. It's also embarrassing that we don't have a speaker, but it's okay for 20 Republican uh, representatives to vote against Jim Jordan because they're still mad that McCarthy got booted out not traders. Oh. So I personally don't give a shit that we don't have a speaker of the house because it's not like the Republicans in Congress actually do anything like, Oh no, we don't have a speaker for them to then just cave to the Democrats and suck. Oh God, whatever will we do? Um, but there have been a couple of names floated, both of which I think are good, which are Thomas Massey and chip Roy. And I think that that's a, I think th- those are both very good names to be put forward. I would like to see either of them. What's amazing to me is how there's all of these groups of Republicans who are being petulant fucking children about the Speaker of the House. But none of them seem to be like we keep hearing about how awful it is that Mac Gaetz didn't have a plan for replacing the Speaker and all this other shit. But I'm not seeing anything from this other contingent of basically fucking neocons. Like, who's their guy? Who are they going to put up? Who's their representative that they're going to run? Because like Jim Jordan, a lot of people, a a lot of people that are kind of America first and stuff like that. They like him. They like Thomas Massey. They like Chip Roy. I don't understand. So who's the guy that's supposed to be for the rational and principled Republicans? Like who's their fucking guy?
1: That's a good question. I don't
0: know. I'm not not seeing this. All I'm hearing, and this is something that I think people really need to get prepared for when you're having, if you're ever having these discussions with some of these kind of normie cons or whatever, ask them who their fucking guy is. Because they don't have a name. All they do, all this uniparty does, is piss, bitch, and moan about anybody who's coming up with solutions. They don't ever provide any. They just whine and cry that they don't like yours. And that is one of the most right. obvious things that this this like speaker race has really revealed of the big problem um with the like G O P E, the the establishment GOP is wait a minute. I've just realized these fuckers never present a solution. They only ever whine and cry about anybody else's solution. And so the easiest salve to yeah. that is Okay, cool. So what the fuck? Like, who's your guy? Who's your um, who's the person you're going to put up? Why don't you put them up for a vote? Come on, let's see it, and let them have an embarrassing vote where like not even half of the GOP caucus votes for that guy because he sucks. Yeah, and none of the voters like it. But I I want to I want to see it. I think it would be great. Um, but of course they're not going to because they fucking blow. Uh, anyway. So that's what's going on in the speaker's race. And I'm trying to think. I don't really think that there's much more that we can really update anybody on that's really of any interest. Alan, can you think of anything?
1: Not particularly. I mean, a lot of the news has just been so focused on what's happening in Gaza that it's kind of taken all the air out of the room.
0: Yeah, well... We're going to definitely try to find other things to talk about to give you guys a respite from the same old nonsense unless there's something really This was kind of our big comprehensive. This is everything going on. Here's all the bullshit and here's our plans for it. So you basically know where we stand on this. And so now we'll, we'll try to find stuff to make sure that, you know, you don't get distracted and and the uh, the the garbage people that are out there aren't able to use this to hide um whatever awfulness that they're trying to push on the rest of the country so we'll keep an eye out for you and we'll be sure on you know future shows to make sure that we're looking for what's being hidden behind all of the news cycle uh and what they're trying to get away with behind our backs while we're distracted but other than that i'm aaron from the east coast
1: i'm alan from the west coast
0: this is wrong think radio we'll see you all next sunday (laughs)